Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. It is true that we didn't speak for a while after this, but we did spoke uh, a few days ago. And, you know, like I said, we both ready to, to go out there and try to win a championship for this team. You know, it's it's not about being a professional. And, you know, everyone got different relationships. Everyone got, you know, it's never perfect. Uh, married, people that are married, you know, it's never perfect. So, you know, me and my teammate, no, it's not, it's far from perfect. But at the end of the day, we both want the same thing. And it's winning and, you know, and we both grown men and we're both going to do what it takes to win. Rudy Gobert in an Instagram live interview talking about his relationship with Donovan Mitchell. We've heard his take. We haven't heard Mitchell's take. But PK, Rudy makes it sound like even if they aren't the best of friends, they can make it work. I think they can, yeah. I've been saying that the whole time here. Of course they can. It's about basketball, really. Is it about friendship, or is it what's it about? Can you exist on a basketball floor if you're not uh, in basically on speaking terms? Well, that might be a little bit too strong, but can you exist if you are okay and you just deal with that person during practices and games and whatnot? And I guess you know, obviously they're together uh, closer than most people would be in their jobs, but I felt all along to say that it was unsalvageable and you're 23 years old, man, that is, that's gotta be something that I don't know that whatever occurred would lead to that unless there's some other stuff that we don't know about. I assume there's always stuff that we don't know about. You know, we see Rudy go public on the shots and we know about the stuff with, uh, you know, touching the microphones and all that. So uh, there's a couple things we know, but there's so many interactions. So many times they're traveling together, practicing together. There must be stuff we don't know. We got a lot of people weighing in on this, what it means, what they think it means, what Joe Ingles thought it means when he heard what we think it means. And then, oh, whatever, fine. All right, we'll get to all of that coming up. A lot of you weigh in on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. Put it up on Twitter as well, David DJ James. Uh, Mike Conley won his quarterfinal matchup with Tamika Catchings in the game of horse. And clearly, the fact that he's ambidextrous, he just kept saying, oh, use your offhand, and uh, she was in trouble. Jump shot, free throw line, and then to close the game out, the throw it over the drive behind the backboard and throw it over the glass and in shot. Yeah, who's going to do that with their offhand? If he keeps doing that, Chauncey Billups look out, right? Chauncey better be working that offhand between now and Thursday. Well, uh, you know, if he wins this thing, I think we got a banner. Sweet! Banner? Parade? Can we have a parade too, or is that too much? I think with the situation, you can't have a parade right now, Dave. Be a little more responsible, would you, buddy? Could be a televised parade. You just put a drone in the air, and then people hang out the windows like in Italy. You're right. you got to be more responsible. We can't do the traditional 24th of July with people camping out, sleeping next to each other on the sidewalk. That is too much. Now... If we could do the 24th of July and I can get all the news people on Channel 5 to sit in the back of a convertible and wave to us, then my life would be restored. 
when that happens, that's my goal by the 24th to see who's ever reads the news at 6 o'clock in the back of a convertible waving to us. Where do they go? Down State Street or Main yeah, Street? Whatever State. street they go by. That's, that's what we need. That's what we know when we're back. When we have the Channel 5 people in the back of a convertible waving to us. I mean, that that is something. You talk about a parade. Nothing, that, the Rose Bowl parade, step aside. The Tour de France was postponed, delayed over the weekend. But I have heard nothing about the 24th of July parade and its future. So that's pretty much the next event on the calendar. We have to hear about that. Okay. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Do I see us getting back to a season? I don't want to make any predictions, but I'm hopeful that we will. But I don't think we'll play in front of fans. I think initially we'll play just for the TV cameras with essential personnel and players. And I think that's a great thing because I think we need things to cheer for. We need teams to get excited about. We want a communal experience so we can all root for our favorite teams. That's going to be a big step. And I think the NBA recognizes that that's a responsibility we have and that we'll undertake as soon as it's safe because we won't do anything to jeopardize the safety of our players or employees. There's Mark Cuban, Mavericks owner. He left out the part about playing for David Locke and 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, but we'll go ahead and forgive Mark that. He just focused on the TV cameras. Everybody waiting to find out if we're going to have NBA games and, uh, and playoffs in July, August, September, some combination of that time period. I think that if you're an owner or really anybody with any sort of celebrity status and you want to get your name out there, just predict when your sport is going to return. And you're golden. We will play it. Everybody will get your name out there. We'll talk about it. That's what you should do. If you want to get some more publicity, just start making predictions. Let's up our profile nationally, PK. Let's do it. (laughs) June 4th. Okay, I think they'll do it, but, uh, you know, baseball was talking about how they'll have a cactus league and a grapefruit league, and so it won't be national and American. I think the league will come back, but it will just be based on countries. So your country, and then your state, and your county, and we'll really narrow it down, and that's the way it'll come back. And I expect that to blow up today. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. From a high side, he's right there with Justin Herbert. I just think the floor is a little lower for Jordan Love, and I think some of the Pat Mahomes stuff that's getting thrown out there is a little reckless. I mean, Pat Mahomes has got the the Brett Favre stuff. I'm not well Brett Favre, but also Aaron Rodgers. But there's really not a lot of guys like that out there, and I'm, I'm not sure that I'm very comfortable throwing the Pat Mahomes stuff in there with Jordan Love just yet. Lance Zerline right there, NFL.com, on the comps between Jordan Love and Patrick Mahomes. Texas Tech coach Matt Wells, former Utah State coach, who recruited and coached Jordan Love in Logan, told ESPN that he's discussed love love with seven NFL head coaches who called him in recent days as they're doing their homework on the Aggies quarterback. Debate rages about his worthiness of being a first-round pick in the NFL draft. And I think the question that... The first question, the easiest one to ask is, why did Love go from 
six interceptions in 2018 to 17 interceptions. The pass attempts only went up by about, uh, what, 50, 60 throws. And yet the interceptions almost tripled from six to 17. What the heck was going on there? That would seem to be the first question for Matt Wells to answer. Well, I think they had a new system there. There were new coaches. The running game wasn't as good. Yep. Uh, the they, uh, Mariner was a pretty good receiver, so try to get the ball in. And you're thinking that, hey, I'm an NFL guy, and so I can get the ball from uh, here to there, and it gets picked. How many of those were tipped? I mean, you just can't look at numbers and draw definitive straight-line conclusions. This must be he had a much worse year as a junior than he did as a sophomore because that number went up by 11. I think the new old line, yeah. Well beyond that. His sacks ended up doubled. He was pressured more. Uh, I think two things. One, for whatever reason, he seemed to, well, to your point about locking in on one receiver and throwing out routes, we, we saw him throw some pick sixes when he was throwing the ball to the, to the sideline as corners would jump that. And then also we saw a lot where he'd be trying to throw the ball over the middle and down the field quite a bit and wouldn't see a linebacker underneath. Those two things seemed to bite him on multiple occasions. But all questions for Matt Wells to answer because, like you say, new head coach, new offensive coordinator, New old line, running game not as good. And the NFL teams have to sort that out. Drew Brees has agreed to sign with NBC Sports as a football analyst when he's done playing. He's definitely planning on playing in 2020. He signed a two-year, $50 million contract. Will he play in 2021 or not? All up in the air. But when he's done, into the NBC Sports booth he goes. Yeah, I would support. I would assume that they did some trial runs. They're just not going to think, oh, that guy was a good interview and he played quarterback, so let's put him in a broadcast booth. I would think they did some simulations and whatnot and had him to an extent audition. I think that's the way they do it. I don't know if that's the case here. But as far as him continuing to play, yeah, I could see him playing two years. You know, It depends on the health that he has and, and what's the stature of his team. How does he feel? And, you know, is he going to have a significant decline this year? Probably not. I wouldn't expect that anyway. But I could see him going another couple years. And then that pushes what, – what's Hill? Hill's got to be pushing past 30 at that point, he'll right? Be, if he'll be 32 at that point. Yeah. yeah. Some thought that he might be in line to replace Chris Collinsworth, who is 61 right now. But there's also talk that the next TV deal, NBC might end up with a second game. So – Maybe they'll need two broadcast crews, so we'll have to see how that works out. He might end up on Notre Dame broadcast, too. The XFL formally suspended its operations and will not play their 2021 season after laying off the vast majority of their employees over the weekend. Seems like a long way out, but if you're trying to sell sponsorships and you're a new startup, this would just be... You didn't even get to complete your first year because of this. Seems like a uh, horrible, horrible timing for the XFL, so... Suspending operations, no 2021 for spring football. There you go. All right. Hashtag college football. Ohio State AD Gene Smith said Friday he needs more information from experts on holding sporting events in empty stadiums or arenas. And he wants to ensure the health of student-athletes. I struggle with that concept, Smith said on a conference call with reporters. When I first heard that, I said, okay, that could work, but I figured if we don't have fans in the stands, we've determined it's not safe for them to gather in the same environment, so why would it be safe for the players? So, not all that excited about a modified 2020 season without the fans. 
Although the fall is still a long way away. Who knows what that holds? Think Gene Smith's trying to do the Mark Cuban, what you just said? Get your name out there? Uh, conference call. Um, he's got to answer the question. I think he's got to answer the question. I don't think Cuban's necessarily getting to trying to get his name out there, too. He's just used to giving interviews and obviously enjoys the give and take in interviews. I think with Gene Smith that he can say things uh, more so than others can because Ohio State, if any program can sustain lack of income through college football, I don't know how many can, but if any can, if any can, then it would be Gene Smith and Ohio State because they are the richest of the rich. You know, it's not necessarily about what they think. It's the other programs that desperately need this type of money that they can get to fund all these other programs and all the thing that goes, all the things that go through it. Now, step away, put the money aside for a second. You know, obviously, he, to me, he's making sense in terms of if we can't put, what do they put in, eighty, ninety thousand? Well, if we can't do that, you know, players, how can we expect them to? be together and and hit each other and do all the things that are involved literally every single day uh, once the season starts, not just game day, certainly. And so those are all questions that need to be answered. They're all legitimate questions right now. They're all questions that everybody is studying going forward. DJ and PK with What is Trending, brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, 8 o'clock, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. 9 o'clock, Norm Chow, longtime college football coach, worked for the XFL. Going to check in with us again. Maybe I'll have some good XFL stories. Maybe he'll hear some recruiting stuff. What does he know about the four-star quarterback, Peter Costelli, who gave the Utes a verbal commitment over the weekend? He's playing down there in Southern California, a little south of Norm. He's all the way down in Mission Viejo, but nonetheless. We'll talk with Norm coming up at 9 o'clock. Coming up next, your reaction to Rudy Gobert going on Instagram Live, saying he's spoken to Donovan Mitchell, and uh, we will get to that next DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Is Easter a big deal around the Monson household? Oh, yeah. Dating right back to the time Gordon cheated at the Easter egg hunt, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cheating little See, kids out of Easter egg. Oh, I was a little kid. Did you or did you not cheat at an Easter egg hunt and deny another kid from getting said Easter egg? As I was lining up, someone came over to me and said, I know where the gold block is. It's under the big tree. I think I broke the record for fastest discovery of the gold block. Well, you cheated. You sound like that's <laughs> something you're proud of. I set the record, guys. I found the golden block the fastest out of anyone. Nobody's robbed more banks than me. <laughs> Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Texture Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical Services at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical Services will light up your day. Question of the morning up on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. Up on Twitter at David DJ James. Rudy Gobert went on Instagram Live to say he's spoken to Donovan Mitchell and that they are about winning a championship. So is this unsalvageable stuff? Much ado about not much. And PK, the answers are all over the board. There is no, as you like to say, 
Unity in the community when it comes to this topic. All over the board, you say? Yes. There are many different answers. You've got William, who hopes so. He's got no opinion on what's actually true. He just hopes it's true. But he's not there yet. He's not confident. Sarah's a little confident, but still shaky. She says, I, yes, I, I think so. Not definite. She's leaning. Andrew, however, says all this nonsense was people just trying to get a headline. So Andrew's got confidence. So right there, the first three responses, none of them line up. Mm. I don't buy Andrew. All this nonsense was people just trying to get a headline. When Rudy goes on and says, we didn't talk for a while. When Donovan goes on GMA and says, yeah, he was hot at first. Well, it wasn't just trying to get a headline. You know, was it too over the top? Was it too much? That may turn out to be true, but it wasn't just trying to get a headline. There was, there was def- definitely an issue there. Now, how big an issue and how long it lasted, that's, you know, that's a different, different question. And I think the how long it lasts question, uh, you know, we're, we're still at least, at least a month and probably much more than that from these guys getting together to practice and more from that from these guys having to play a game and compete together. So... If it doesn't go that long, who cares? I mean, if, if you're mad at each other while you're in quarantine and then you get over it, so what? That's not going to impact games. That's like suspending somebody for the month of May from your college football program. Bingo! <laughs> Nailed it! <laughs> okay, my thought, though, is why is it just Mitchell? Why is he the only one? Why are they focusing on those two? There's other, a bunch of other guys. So the, they're the best of buds, but, and this is hypothetical, obviously, but uh, two or three other guys don't like Rudy. Why, why are we focusing on Mitchell? What, what was there that's an, that just someone that just decided to go that route? That's an excellent question, and I would say there's probably multiple answers to that. Uh, I think for a lot of people it would be because Donovan tested positive. And the other guys didn't. So he had to go into quarantine for 14 days. And I think what most people missed is that everybody went into quarantine for 14 days. We had Bowler and Locke on the air. Bowler told us all about it. Yeah, I'm in quarantine for 14 days. So I think the fact he tested positive, but I think more important than that, I think for most people, is the fact, well, Donovan's a star. What he thinks matters more. If, uh, if Guy 15 doesn't get along with Rudy, that doesn't matter at all. And then, you know, it's sliding scale for everybody in between Donovan and, and Guy 15 about how important it is. So I, I, think, I think that this, uh, you know, for a long time now, we've been a culture that loves celebrity, values celebrity, spends a lot of time on celebrity, and Donovan and Rudy are the all-stars. So they're the celebrities. So I think that's a big part of it. Okay. I don't really care if the relationship is salvageable or unsalvageable. I want to know, can they play basketball? Because I would ask you, I mean, who do you hate more, What's-His-Vitch or Fox? (laughs) You, and I flourish more with you than either one of them. That wasn't the uh, equation. It was the two that you're with. Uh, channel two. I mean that. I mean that channel two. I mean that's channel two. I, so, I love them both dearly. I love everything oh, about don't? channel two and both of them. 
well, you have, portions. No, you don't. On heart. both uh, situations, you're full of crapola, and I'm not going to allow you to come on my show and speak <laughs> crapola. You know full well that's my job. That's not your job. I've spread crapola before. I'll spread it again. <laughs> Uh, we've got more answers. Those three I read you uh, were not the only ones who uh, threw out different responses. Um, Dylan says, let's hear from Donovan. Dylan doesn't want to write it off until we hear Donovan say it's not a big deal. Donovan being the aggrieved party is the more interesting one to hear from. Why is he the aggrieved party? Come on. <laughs> He tested positive, but he said he had no symptoms. So what difference did it make relative to uh, Royce O'Neal and go down the list, right? Because they didn't go on GMA and say that they were hot and they were upset. Because there hasn't been reporting that says other players fill in the blank whatever player is upset. Well, have we asked every single other player that are go- that's going to have that situation? No. And there, we went down? There's been... There's been no media availability since the whole thing broke in Oklahoma City. So, no, I don't think every player's been asked. A but, couple, yeah, we've had Joe on multiple yeah. times, and he hasn't acted like it's a big deal. No, he doesn't think it's a big deal. There's a reason the athletic story came out on Friday, and he just posted a random, LOL. random, wink, wink, LOL. Yeah. No, he doesn't think it's a big deal. Mike is moving right beyond whether this is a big deal or not and whether they get along or not. Mike is moving on to uh, the summer of 2021. Can the Jazz afford to pay Donovan the max and Gobert the super max? And if they do that, what kind of supporting cast can they assemble to sustain a title contending team for multiple years in a row? Excellent question, Mike. Now, I don't think that's the question. I think the question is, do they want to do it? Not can they do it, but do they want to do it? Yes, I think tweaking that improves it. You're right. But if they pay those two, what kind of supporting cast can they assemble for multiple years in a row? That is what they need to figure out, and it would probably help them to see these guys play some more playoff games together and figure that out. But all of that hangs in the air right now. Yeah, I think a lot of teams face that, and that's something that you want to face. But then it becomes, uh, well, how good are your two stars versus fill in the blanks two stars which obviously would be just going through the rosters you know lebron and anthony davis mm-hmm. if he resigns and george and leonard and say uh, i was gonna say san diego but los angeles with the clippers and denver is a unique situation because those players are a little bit younger but they're going to have to face that everyone's going to face the music at some point or certainly you want to face the music because you want to have two very good players, two stars, or you have to decide that, and then you make those decisions. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was always going to be the decision that the franchise was going to have to make, and they were going to have to make it. Uh, they're going to have to make it in time, but we've known they were going to have to make that in time for a couple of years now. If you read the stuff and you read a lot and. The, the national guys are writing about you know, all the question marks the Jazz face and how they would like to have the playoffs to help them sort that out. The same thing's been written about the Bucks, 
the same things they, they want to prove to Giannis that hey, you can win a title here, and if they'd won a title here this you know this year, they could have they could have proved that to them. And the Clippers, the Lakers, everybody's invested in these guys. Everybody wants to keep them together. Everybody's aware these players are going to have free agency coming up, uh, most of them, and so. It's a chance for any of the elite franchises to get scrambled. And maybe it's also a chance for them to prove themselves. So that that's hanging in the air yeah. for everybody. I don't know about this proving themselves because Toronto proved it and it didn't matter. And really, Le- Cleveland proved it. Miami proved it. But LeBron chose to lose, leave both locations. Now, it's not necessarily Cleveland or Miami proved it. It was LeBron proving it over and over again. And wherever he goes, if you give him some semblance of talent, they're automatically, or were automatically anyway, going to be a title contender because he's just that good. So I don't even know if that matters, that if you have players who are intent on leaving, they're going to leave. Kawhi Leonard obviously was intent on leaving. leaving. And that's what he did. He won a title, and he did it the first time. And that Toronto will always look back to that year that was last season and I imagine they'll look back with it with some form of it being bittersweet because he came he conquered he won and then he left and now it was a great uh, one season stand so to speak Uh, but uh, you know then he left but if you're not going to stay there where I'm sure they just worshipped him left and right and you know who knows what difference a, a title makes in somebody's mind because that obviously isn't the be all end all in terms of getting players to stay he still wanted to move he wanted to go home i've never been to toronto i don't know what experiencing a winter is like there but i've been to los angeles and lived there for many years so i know exactly what that's about and so maybe that was a big deal and plus he was going home And people want to go home, they want to go home. So there's no guarantee on any of this stuff. Even if you win at the highest levels, there's no guarantee. And that's it's like this Jordan Love thing. You know, Jordan Love uh, could have done, he could have had a phenomenal year. He could have had uh, the John Beck season had 30 touchdowns and four picks, I think, something like that his senior year. I'd have to go back and double check. But it was something like that. And you still think, okay, well, should I take him? What do we do? Because there's no guarantees on any of these things here. And so Jordan Lowe throws 11 more interceptions, and all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, that raises red flags? Well, even if he was brilliant to the level that he improved from sophomore to junior year statistically, you'd still wonder. And there's always going to be doubt. So these two getting along, these two playing together, the best buds, whatever, anything in between, well, you still, that doesn't mean, okay, yeah, we're going to give him the super max and the guaranteed Mitchell the maximum and so forth and we're going to ride this for the next X amount of years well you're going to have to make a decision at some point and that's what you're going to do you're going to do it or you're not going to do it but my point is there's no guarantee that it's going to work exactly the way you want it to work no matter what you do no, so the answer for some of these teams, for whoever it is that would win it, assuming that they do have playoffs and there's a champion at the end of this season, so maybe that's just their one chance. And then you get the whole thing, well, if you're the champion on a neutral floor in an empty arena, what do they do? Do they pipe in music from, or pipe in music, pipe in fans from somewhere else? Can the fans gather? I mean, you can't really even have a, if you can't go to the games, then I don't think you could have people congregating outside the Staples Center or wherever they'd congregate in Milwaukee. So you can't even do that. Because, you know, in the NCAA, somebody wins it and they'll cut to a shot in the arena of the uh, the team that wins it and they'll be going crazy because people there have been watching video screens. So, 
Even if you get the championship in the short run, will it feel like a championship? I'll, yeah, I'll, I don't think that this year it would feel like the the title versus other years. But as I said earlier, I don't think anybody cares. It's just about getting out there. But you take a look at the Lakers, right? I mean, you can say they're odds on favor to get to the final, whether just, just for the sake of argument, you can make that argument. Whether they aren't or they're not, it's not the point. But you can say that they are. But then if you're Anthony Davis, you think, oh, wait a second, LeBron is going to be 36 years old next year. What does this team really have? He's going to start slipping to some degree. Now, maybe he has two or three good years, maybe not quite as good and it's a little less each year meanwhile these other teams let's just use dallas for example or denver they've got guys and the jazz that fit in that category too they've got younger guys so am i going to be able to win here i don't want to just be the lone wolf the way i was down in new orleans because that isn't good so say they say that would have been a regular season that's the by regular season i mean a traditional season with traditional playoffs this year and the lakers have won it you still have no guarantee guarantee that Anthony Davis is going to run or stay in Los Angeles. You know, he's obviously not from there. LeBron is older. You got a bunch of role players outside of those two, some high-level role players, some not so, anywhere in between. So you don't know what's going to happen there. So bringing it back to the Jazz, these guys could have been lovey-dovey, and it still doesn't mean that, well, this is the direction we're going to go because they're best buds. Who, who really cares about that? As long as it's not that quote-unquote unsalvageable, which I thought, man, to say it's unsalvageable, that is such a strong word that I can't really grasp that two guys who play basketball and literally don't have to see each other for months on end, it's unsalvageable. It's not the thing that the, I agree with what Rudy was saying as far as you know, marriages aren't perfect, but in marriages, you know, most of us, we're, I don't want to use the word stuck, but we're together so much that it doesn't compare to the time that those guys spend together. You know, because in marriages, you're not going to be gone for two, three months where you don't see each other at a time like they do there. So I couldn't grasp, put my mind around and my hands around what unsalvageable is. How bad must a relationship be? In a, in a sports setting to have it be unsalvageable. Has there been any relationships that you can think is unsalvageable unless one guy is really a total freak? You know, Antonio Brown here most recently, right? The, the, the Steelers said, that's it. We're done. And then the Raiders and then the Patriots, right? Well, have these two gotten to that level where one of them is a total freak and can't get along with anybody because you look at the Antonio Antonio Brown now it looks like you know he's had some mental health situation I'm not a mental health guy so I don't know but just looking at it where we see the videos of him at his home in Florida and the stuff that was going on there are we to that level that seems unsalvageable does this really seem unsalvageable to that level in my mind no I think that uh, unsalvageable, when you hear unsalvageable, I think almost everybody runs straight to Kobe and Shaq. That was so high profile, and they were so good, and they had the three-peat, and they both still had good years in front of them, because even when they went separate ways, they still won championships, both of them. Uh, In Kobe's case, two of them. Shaq won. 
Kobe too. So, and they contended other years, you know, other trips to conference finals and finals uh, when they didn't win at all. So I think that's the one that most people default to. Um, yeah, but that was two people. You you don't uh, listening to Gobert say that yesterday. That certainly didn't seem like that was his end. And plus, I think that how much of that was Shaq, who was just getting bigger and bigger, literally, and oh, wasn't was, really yeah, taking was, a lot of uh, conditioning. And how serious were you about the game? You just overpowered people for most of your NBA career. So you didn't. You had two people there. Do we have two people? Unless Gobert's lying through his teeth, it's not two people who hate each other. Right. They're both in the Lakers' case. Both those guys were very fired up. Uh, you know, in this case, Gobert didn't look very fired up at all. If he is, then he's a world class actor, and he will have a career in the movies and TV after. Maybe on the stage. Who knows? After he's done. Uh, we got more people weighing in. Uh, Jamie says, uh, pretty sure the same thing was said about Chris Paul and James Harden. You know, we don't, we don't know anything until something happens. Can't argue with that. We don't know anything until something happens. But I think Jamie's referring there until uh, they get back together and play. You know, that'll tell us more. You know, we'll see it on the court. Or we won't. Garrett says, I think there is a rift, but people like you guys who need content and have nothing to talk about are making it more than it is. Yeah, I believe actually we're downplaying it. (laughs) Colton says, I've known all along it was 99% a media boredom story. Yeah, I think when you get involved with fandom there... Uh, you know, you, you're a jazz fan. I bet both of those guys are big time jazz fans, so they don't want it to happen. It's like I've enjoyed the last couple of years, two years ago, about the Ohio State and McMurphy, Brent McMurphy reporting and what he reported about the receivers coach and all that. So, what you had there when you look at his Twitter mentions and people going after him, and 95% of them are Ohio State fans. And then you have the Sean Miller thing here, and the people going after people who report that, well, they're U of A basketball fans there. So you, once your fandom gets involved, you just desperately don't want to happen, have it happen because you believe that all these guys get along and they're great friends and all because that's what you want to believe. Uh, we got a lot more. Chris, uh, it was all hyped up from a quote a month ago. Don't worry about it. Uh, Alex is nothing but fabricated drama, but jazz fans continue to worry about it. Dylan, I want to hear from Mitchell. And Derek says, we'll see when contract talks start. And we've also got uh, Darren, who says, I'm waiting for Mitchell to come out and say there was no problem. Until then, I'm, I'm going to be a little worried. Well, Gobert didn't say there was no problem. Right. So why would Mitchell say there's no problem? Uh, I think that it was. There's no problem now. There was a problem back then. Uh, Mitchell said that on the GMA interview, which was done probably uh, what midway through his 14 day quarantine, roughly. Uh, yes. And then uh, Gobert says, you know, there was a problem, but now they've spoken. So I, I think it matters whether there's a problem when they start practicing and when they start playing, and what happens then, and. You know, it, well, it probably I, doesn't stay the same as it is now. It probably gets either better or gets worse. I mean, I think that would be the the thing to wa- watch for. Oh, actually, I think that when they start playing, I think it goes into what Gobert said 
that we are professional basketball players and your charge is not to get along with player XYZ. Your charge is to win basketball games. And Mitchell, who's just barely scratching the surface of his NBA lifetime, if he's out there pouting, because he doesn't like Gobert. Well, Kobe, at the point where you could just say, Art for argument's sake, Kobe pouted. Not that he did, but he made a stink about Shaq. That was a fact. Well, he had so much cash in the bank by the time he made that stink that, of course, you're going to listen. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay with us. What'd you watch this weekend? We will get to that coming up. And at 8 o'clock, Steve Cleveland will join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Heard healing. On a scale of 1 to 10 in your confidence in the NBA season, coming back and finishing out even regular season or not regular season, but crowning a champion yeah. for this season. 1 through 10, Kurt. 6. Well, I want to be more confident than that. There's a lot of optimism and hope around the league, but look, even if you shrunk this down to just the playoff teams in the NBA, you need thousands of tests to make this work. You can't take those away from the areas of need right now, so there has to be enough tests out there that are accurate, quick, and by the way, we've got so many of them, we can afford to spend a couple thousand on sports. That's the major hurdle, and then if they get there, then suddenly some of the other logistics, as awkward as they are, get closer to falling in line. Catch Hans and Scotty every day, presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. All right, no games this weekend, so what did you watch? Uh, like a lot of people, PK, I, I watched some of the old Masters. And some stuff I knew and some stuff I had forgotten. I flipped on uh, Tiger's uh, 2005 win just as he was going to the 16th tee, where, of course, he famously chipped in. Uh, what I didn't know is how far that guy crushes an 8-iron. Holy cow. 180 yards, 8-iron. No problem. And so uh, what I didn't remember after he made birdie there at the 16, he bogeyed 17 and bogeyed 18 to end up in the playoff where he birdied the hole and, and then won it. Uh, man, you, you remember the great stuff. You don't remember that people screw up along the way and they got to bounce back. And uh, the bogeys of 17 and 18 were not great golf. Bad drive at 17 and two chips to get on the green. And ah, but... Nonetheless, that was that was not bad. And I watched uh, I watched Barry Sanders, a football life, and a guy who walked away at the age of thirty on top of the world in uh, the NFL. And he was thirty and he was still cranking out uh, over a five year span. The last five years of his career, he was averaging almost seventeen hundred yards a season. And he was just phenomenal. He just walks away and he's like a thousand yards away from breaking Walter Payton's record. He said, no, I'm done. And so early on, they had an interview with his high school coach. Of course, they had grainy old high school film and I'm always a sucker for that kind of stuff. And a high school coach told the story about how in the last game, he had a chance to win the city rushing title. It was close between him and another, another kid. And they were blowing the game open. He asked Barry, hey, we can leave you in and get the title or I can play the young kids. What do you want to do? And, and Barry didn't bat an eye and said, play the young kids. So just a guy that records never mattered to. He, you'd think a lot of high school kids would want to win the city rushing title and in Wichita. He didn't care. And he didn't care about walking away 1,000 yards or so behind the NFL rushing record either. I'm out. So that obviously impresses you because you brought it up. Yeah. I thought that was intriguing. 
Okay. What'd you watch this weekend? I did watch a little bit of the one-on-one with Conley and uh, Chauncey Billups and Trey Young just to see what it was about. And so I was, I want to say I was into it, but I did watch it just to experience it because I figured we'd have to have some form of reference on it. Uh, so I, I can't watch the old golf tournaments when they just run them. That doesn't do anything for me. I like the cut-ins, and they have guys explaining what is going on or what was going on. So Saturday morning, I did watch a little bit of uh, Miller, Weisskopf, and Nicholas. I don't even remember what year it was because they were cutting away to those guys, and they talk about Nicholas hitting the one-iron, and it's something that really resonated with me. And so it's years after the fact. He's looking back. Obviously, he knows what's going to happen. And so he hits his drive, and most players, they don't even have one irons in their bags now, and they hit it so far. Well, he hits the one iron to like six or eight feet, and then they cut away, and he's talking about it, and he says, oh, man, that felt good. (laughs) And the way he said it, (laughs) we've all been there when we do something athletically, and in this case, golf. And if you play golf, if you hit a real nice shot, and you're thinking, wow, man, you might, you're like uh, most folks, why can't I do that more often? But nevertheless, in the moment, you think, wow, that felt good. I feel like a million bucks. And that's the thing. None of us will be able to play to that level. But occasionally, we can hit an individual shot that is worthy of what a pro might hit. You know, we may chip in from... 20 yards off the green, whatever it is, and that's what they would do. So first for that isolated moment, you can have an ability to relate to someone, and obviously Jack Nicholas. to me, he's still the greatest of all time. The records speak for themselves, and so we felt that, and the way he said that, I thought, oh man, I know exactly what he's talking about now. He knows it at a much higher level, but so it was cool on that, and then also, I guess HBO is allowing you to watch uh, some of the Sopranos and some other stuff that they're making available for free. And this was a funny moment. So I was watching it. I was actually watching it on my phone and because my wife was watching the television. So I had it on my phone, and I had the earplugs plugged in. And um, the daughter, Meadow, uh, it must have been season two or three. I don't know exactly which. But she was with her friend, and they're talking about how they need to do well on these uh, entrance exams so they can get into a prestigious university. And they're walking down the hallway of a school, and something happened, and they weren't sure they were going to do well. And she says she really wants to go to Berkeley, and they were worried about doing well. And then so she says, goodbye, Cal Berkeley. Hello, Glassboro State. Glassboro State. It's now (laughs) Rowan because the Rowan dude made a big donation. Glassboro State is outside. It's in South Jersey, outside of Philadelphia. And the funny thing is, and back then, it was called Glassboro State. That's where my sister and brother-in-law graduated from. <laughs> so that's where she met him, and he became the mentor of my life. He's deceased now, but he became the, one of the most important figures in my life. And both of them went to Glassboro State. And so I had to chuckle on that. Goodbye, Cal Berkeley, and hello, Glassboro State. So at some point, I'm going to tell my sister if she didn't already know about that. She's a proud graduate of Glassboro State. 
and they were making fun of it. They're being resigned to go to a state school rather than a state public school, rather than you know the dream of heading out west and going to Berkeley. Now in the storyline, I think she ends up going to Columbia anyway. Tim Wallace tweets at us this weekend. I watched every Harry Potter movie. Ooh, every one of them, huh? That's a lot. Of, I think there's like eight of them. That's a marathon and a half. That's right what there. I'm saying. That's... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think the last one alone there's no three way hours. I could sit in front of. Uh, yeah, I couldn't sit in front of the anything for that long. Eight of them. What would at two hours each? Sixteen hours. That'd be the equivalent of like watching uh, what five. A little more than five full football games. I mean, I watch a lot of football on a college football Saturday, but I'm moving around. On the NFL, you can only watch three. Oh, I guess you can watch four if there was a game in uh, a game in London in early in the morning. That is uh, that is a marathon right there. All right, DJ and PK, Steve Cleveland. When we come back, it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone.